T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I like to remind people in New England 2014, it was put Jimmy Garoppolo in, get Tom Brady out, mm. it's over. 2022, he just retired, and everyone's sitting there like he threw 50-something passes, almost 60 passes in his last game. He could really play. So I wouldn't go too hard off of what the people in New England are saying. What I'll say about Mac is the combine is sponsored by Noble this year. Mac is Noble. Mm. They know the future is Mac Jones. Devin McCourty yesterday on Good Morning Football. We talked about it yesterday on Jones and Mego with Arcan here on WEEI. Don't forget, you can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Save W-E-E-I as a favorite and listen wherever you go. And not only did we talk about Devin McCourty yesterday on the show and his comments about Mac Jones, which were uh, very effusive in his praise, over the top in his Sky's praise. Sky's the limit. Sky is the limit. Uh, we also talked about this story from Henry McKenna yesterday about the Patriots being too hard on Mac Jones in 2021, not being hard enough on him last year. How do you thread that needle? We have some follow-up thoughts on that with all of your phone calls at 617-779-7937. But Arkan mentioned this in my ear as we were going to break. The Rangers have acquired Patrick Kane. This according to Frank Ciravelli. Uh, the Rangers get him for a second rounder. Conditional second round. Which can be a become first. a first. Yeah. And a fourth round pick. So that feels like draft. that feels like nothing. It is nothing. Doesn't that feel like nothing? Yes. Okay. So should the Bruins have been in on Patrick Kane instead of what they did for that? Yeah, they could still been on in well, on Patrick. Kane. Okay, fair point. So so should they have done it in addition to what they did? Yes. Okay. No. Well, no. Could they do it? They already traded their second round pick, Arkan. So no, uh, they could for this year. But they could, well, no. Didn't they trade a future second? Or was oh, it maybe. This year's? Uh, maybe that's what it is. I'd have to go back. I'll and, go I, back and check too. But either way, then trade a future one. <laughs> like do whatever. Do well, what maybe, you got to do. Trade a future first. Well, maybe the Rangers want a second that can become a first this year, and you can't do that because you traded maybe. your first. Like that's so. Possible. So I don't know if you could have done this exact deal, but you're right. You could have done it on top of your deal. Should they have targeted Patrick Kane, a true top six difference maker in the postseason, over a top four D and a depth forward? Yes. yes. I already said yes. No, but I'm just saying they, they right. could have done it in addition. He's I'm just working saying, it out, Arkan. Will absolutely. you give him some space? Oh, I, I'm saying they should have done it. looking at me. I'm saying yes. I'm saying they should have done it instead of what they did. I'd rather have Patrick Kane than Dmitry Orloff, who was great last night, and a depth forward, Garnett Hathaway, who also uh, had a great setup mm. on the Bruins' first goal last night. Orloff had two assists. Like, yes, that's what they should have done. They should have done that instead. And to Arkan's point, they could have done both. And we can ask this and more to Andrew Raycroft of Nesson when he joins us about 25 minutes from now, as he does each and every Tuesday on Jones and Mego with Arkan, uh, 3.30. Mark that down in your calendars. We'll ask him about the Patrick Kane trade that just went down. 
We'll ask him about the Eastern Conference because the Bruins have a lot of company in the East. Entering yesterday, the Bruins had uh, the odds at plus 475 to win the Cup. Colorado's right behind them at plus 600. Then after that, it's five straight Eastern Conference teams. Carolina, Toronto, Tampa, the Rangers, who were tied with Tampa at plus 1,200 yesterday. they got to be going up. They've added Tarasenko and Kane now. And the New Jersey Devils, who just added Timo Meyer at plus 1,300. So the East is going to be tough. The East continues to reload and add. And I hope the Bruins aren't done. Patrick Kane just went for nothing. Is it enough? Has Don Sweeney done enough? Or now does he have to do something by the deadline, which I believe is Friday? Bruins traded the first from this year. Uh, 2023 first, right. a 2025 second, and a third right. 2024. So if it's a condition, if it can become a conditional first this year, maybe they couldn't do it is all I was That's saying. That's very possible, It yes, looks like but... from reporting from The Athletic that Patrick Kane preferred the Rangers, so we, that he was looking at the Rangers. We had a clip that never made it to air from like weeks ago, but we had a clip where basically, and it was from up in Toronto, where it was, it, it had been down to the Rangers and the Leafs for a while, and the Bruins were, you know, not a part of that discussion. So maybe he wouldn't have come here, but... I don't know. Why doesn't he want to come here? That would be my question. You got Orlov to come here. Why doesn't... Right. He doesn't even want to be here. <laughs> why didn't? Why wouldn't Patrick Kane want to come here? That'd be my question. Oh, okay, fine. He only wants to go to Toronto. He only wants to go to New York. Why didn't he want to come here? What does he see with you what, that he doesn't want to be a Bruin? 617-779-7937. If Again, Patrick what? Kane was oh, to good. accept a trade somewhere, the two teams I thought that I've been told are on his list are the New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no way, buddy. Oh, I didn't see that one coming there, guy. Whoa. Get out of here, hoser. Whoa, I just, whoa, I just spit out my Hortons when you said that there, eh? Whoa. <laughs> Holy jeez, man. <laughs> whoa, warn me before you say that. I gotta I gotta call <laughs> I gotta call my doctor. Choked my, on my Molson there. With my state sponsored medical insurance. Uh six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Again, we have more of this with Raycroft coming up. Oh <laughs> about twenty five minutes from now. Um, on Mac Jones. Who's that shocking? Uh, it was just, wow. I mean, there's nothing to talk about up here, you know? Oh! We finally got some news there, eh? Uh, so when it comes to Mac Jones and the, the Hank McKenna report from yesterday. Hey, you calling him Hank? I'm now? calling him Hank. Okay. He's, he's got scoops. Hammer and Hank. He's got Hank scoops McKenna, now. Fox Sports. Yeah, he's got, I thought you cursed there for a second. I he's, too. he's got, uh, he's got uh, scoops now. So I think he's been upgraded from Henry to a Hank. Uh, he said yesterday, a team source told me coaches were instructed not to be too hard on Mac Jones in an effort to protect him from being too critical on himself last season. There was an issue in 2021 with Mac struggling and getting yelled at, according to the source. Do you have some follow-up takeaways on this? Like, I spent some time thinking about this last night. And I just, I, I Bill wouldn't change for Tom Brady. Bill wouldn't change for Tom Brady. And maybe this is an older wiser, more mature Bill Belichick, who is now learning to deal with, you know, the millennial or whatever, Gen X, when it comes to the players that are walking into the locker room, Bill wouldn't change his ways for Brady. How many stories did we hear over the years about Bill Belichick? Oh, the the first time you walk into Foxborough, Brady is, in fact, Bill and Brady talked about this in the Let's Go podcast. You know, oh, player after player after player told me how great it was that I ripped Tom Brady. And I'd rip him in front of the whole team because Brady was mentally tough enough for it. Brady could handle it. Now one year in, they're like, Matt can't handle this. Matt's not built for this. Like, that occurred to me last night. The lack of mental toughness or how Bill has to treat him with kid gloves. 
Never mind Mac. My, the immediate thing that jumped out to me yesterday was, well, Mac didn't want to be coached hard one year and didn't want to be coached soft the next year. Oh, I need harder coaching is what he was bitching about last year, where apparently he went into the tank when he got coached too hard his first year. So, like, which one is it, Mac? Pick. That's a tough needle to thread. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, I can't believe Bill adjusted. And I think Bill made the wrong call adjusting. He wouldn't adjust for Brady. He was applauding himself for coaching Brady hard. And that allowed. You have to. If you don't yell at me, then what am I going to do with Uh, all the rest of my teammates? What a great job I did. The rest of them and say, hey, he's yelling at all of us. And like, we all got to do better. What a great job I did. That's on the Let's Go podcast when Brady, quote unquote, retired. So I can't believe that he went easy on Mac because by Bill's own admission, that doesn't let him coach the rest of the team hard enough. Shouldn't that be the takeaway? I'm deeply curious about how this came about from the team source that Hank McKenna had. Hank. Because he was on the morning show on the other station. I listened to him on there. And he said they asked him, were there specific incidents that led to this conclusion of, hey, coached him too hard, you know, too tough on the kid. Got to ease up in 2022. Is she? Am I hearing something? Is she doing? Are you doing your Canadian accent right now? Are no. you stuck? Are you stuck in our Canadian accent? I didn't do any Canadian no, I accent. It. I heard it. You did right. I heard it. Hear. Oh, hey there, boss. Hey, hey, are you being too hard on him there? Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I, okay. I, maybe I'm still stuck in my head. <laughs> I in think the, in you're the stuck maybe, on, maybe on the rhythm of it. It might be a oh. thing. So Hank's on there, and he gets asked this, and he said, "It's there, a boot diplomacy." <laughs> sorry. He said there was a specific incident, Mm -hmm. one specific incident that he heard about, and that was it. One incident was so big enough that Bill Belichick turned around to his new staff, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, and said, when we work with Mac, got to go easy on him. Ease up on the kid, Got to go easy on him. Here's what I will say. 2021, Mac was wound way too tight, wound way too tight, to the point that I remember on this station, people were talking about, like, when's he going to crack? Oh, he cracked the next uh, November. Yeah. But everyone's like, when's he going to crack? He's wound too tight. It's true. I, I do believe that he's pretty hard on himself, that he's like a little psycho to himself that way, a masochist. But if he's sitting there going, I want to be coached harder, it seems like it was a hell of an overcorrection in 2022. I mean, that's no, how I, I read it. Well, or, again, and this is my theory that I posited yesterday. But I want to know what the incident was oh, in 2021. I'd love to know, too. But I just, Max's not going to be happy with anything. He, If you coach him too hard, he doesn't like it. If you don't coach him hard enough, he doesn't like it, which just means he's probably hard to coach. Hello. That's that's my real takeaway from Mac Jones. He's probably hard to coach. I was thinking, also, it couldn't have been Joe Judge that gave him this because he wasn't here in 2021. So who's another person maybe behind the scenes that might feel like, yeah, I'll, I'll drop a little parting shot on Mac Jones here on my way out the door. You know, like why else would they leak something? Certainly like wasn't McDaniels though. That was he's like hanging on McDaniels after that Raiders game in 2022. I'm not like, talking about McDaniels. Like, I know, I know. I'm but just McDa- I'm McDaniels, still trying so to think about who it was who that you was about? coaching him too hard. Well, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, you think it's you think dropping it's a little grenade on my well, way out to Denver? Though. But I don't think he's going to Denver. We just established well, that with Sean Payton. I don't think he's he, going anywhere. I know, but he's out the door here. I guess is my well, point. maybe it's yeah. true. And who else has been leaking stuff like this? I don't know. Maybe it's somebody. Maybe it's some other coach or some trainer or somebody uh, other than that. But I feel like when when you hear stuff coming out about Mac, I immediately start thinking about the people he yelled at and why. You know who who stands to oh, look better fair. from from leaking. Oh, stuff I immediately like this. think JJ. That's his cool. But man. Judge wasn't here in twenty one. Right. right? No, that but doesn't maybe, mean maybe he's just saying. But he might have heard about it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he got. Maybe he's saying he got the directive from Belichick. Do you you know th- what? Mac is too hard on himself. 
He was going nuts at the end of last year. He burnt out the end of his rookie year. Let's take it easier on him. Low pressure situation for Mac. Do you have a theory on who the the or what the incident was? So I wonder, and I was positing this to you before the show, if it was something that happened around the bye week. Because I was talking to you, I was trying to, this is just total speculation. Yeah, good. Let's speculate. I was I like trying it. to think about any point in the season last year, there was certainly nothing really on camera that we saw that was like, oh, this explosive moment, this exchange between him and his coaches. But that one press conference that he had, the availability at Foxborough after the bye week, when he had that bizarre statement about we can't feel sorry for ourselves. It is what it is. You just have to move on and keep your head high and keep working because no one's going to feel sorry for ourselves. He does sound um, beaten down. You feel that like, way. Then. He sounds like all-time low there yeah. in terms of confidence until you got to 2022. Coaches are mean to me. So I wondered if it, and then and then he did his play did struggle from then on, and I and I sat there and I said, well, that's a classic case of the rookie wall, but who knows? I mean, if Hank McKenna has a source saying this, maybe behind the scenes he got reamed out for something. So maybe they maybe they broke him in the middle of last year. He said it's a specific incident. It's not like a gradual thing, yeah, a buildup of things. But a specific incident. Maybe they broke him in the middle of 21, and that's why they turned around last year and they went easy on him. Uh, but again, I, to me, it sounds like he's hard to coach. That was my initial takeaway. And my question for you at 617-779-7937, who is this story more about? Is it more about Mac and he's hard to coach? Again, initially where I went with it. Or is it more about Belichick? Which is where I find myself going more and more. You wouldn't adapt. You wouldn't change you coach Brady hard every single day to the point where you finally ran him off after 20 years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now you're one year in going, eh, you know what? I better ease up on Mac. Maybe he learned his lesson if you want to be charitable. Boy, I can't alienate my quarterback anymore. I did it with Brady. I can't alienate this kid. So I'm just going to throw Bailey Zappi in during the Bears game. Yeah, I mean, look, good point. Here, that really builds up his confidence. So I just, I don't get it. I don't get this from Bill. And the more I think about it, the more I think it's a Bill story. Like, what? How this text line, by the way. Why is Bill going so easy on him? What? 401, Megan 100% talking like a Canadian. I think you were. <laughs> I'm being serious. I think you were. I, I heard think, it too. I, th- I think you were talking a little, I think you were talking a little Canadian. I think you even dropped in a boot, if I heard it right. No, I didn't. I think you did. Get out of here. I'm, I'm almost positive you, I heard it. You dropping an F-bomb, that was incredible. You got Hank scoops McKenna, now. F- sports. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what are we going to do with you? Go to uh, trending. Take us out. All right, anyway, so here's uh, here it is for you. Hank scoops McKenna, now. F- sports. Who is, who is the story more about? 617-779-7937. Belichick or Mac? Plus, we have Andrew Raycroft standing by about 15 minutes from now after trending with Christian Arthur. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Osternock in the final minute. Knocked down and such a goal by Zaka. Pavel Zaka does magic in the final half minute. Pretty sweet goal by my guy Pavel Zaka. Yeah, you're king. Dive into the ice. Chips it in past Skinner. Ends up holding up as the game winner before the Bruins last night in Edmonton. Though, if you're watching at the end, and I know we all were. Their goalie stinks. Holy crap, though. What Watching at the end of that thing. Defense stinks, too. It was like, how are the Bruins under siege? They were five on three under siege by McDavid and Dreisaitl at the end of the game. I, or the very end of the game, I think it had leveled back out to five on five. But at a chunk, on, a chunk of time, it was five on three. And it's like McDavid was the most dangerous guy on the ice. I get it. He's the most dangerous guy in the league. But five on three, you should be able to contain him, right? You'd think so. Not the Bruins last night. Not with five forwards out there. And uh, McDavid got a couple of goals, numbers 49 and 50. But the Bruins get the win. 3-2. We'll ask Andrew Raycroft about it from Nesson when he joins us less than 10 minutes from now. He joins every Tuesday here on WEEI with Jones and Mego with Arcan. 3.30, mark it down. If you miss any interview, you can go back and listen on the podcast anytime by subscribing to Jones and Mego with Arcan on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Before we get into the Bruins, I do just want to reiterate, and we'll get to your phone calls on this at 617-779-7937. The more I think about the Hank McKenna, uh, the they went too easy on Mac Jones last season after going too hard on him in 2021, that story. The more I think about it, the more it is a Bill Belichick story. It's not just about Mac, and that was my initial reaction to go right there, and you guys know me with Mac Jones. I'm ready to pounce with, with my claws out anytime there's a little negative morsel of news about Mac Jones. I was ready to go all in, and I said, well, he's just hard to coach, and he is hard to coach. One year, well, you're being too mean. The other year, well, you're being too soft. I want harder coaching. Like, how are you supposed to coach anybody like that? I just can't believe Bill caved so quickly when he fought tooth and nail with Tom Brady to the point where he was the last man standing, bloodied at the end, coaching Brady too hard when Brady and Gronk were on their hands and knees begging for Bill to just let up a little bit and lighten up a little bit. It took 20 years and he didn't do it, and now one year in he's doing that with Mac Jones. The more I think about it, the more it's about Bill, and the more it's an indication of whether or not Bill still has it, whether or not Bill can keep doing it, how much longer he's going to do it, that whole discussion with Bill Belichick. That still feels like my big takeaway the more I think about that story. Do you think that Bill pushed Brady too hard. Gronk is a different conversation. Talking about dealing with the quarterbacks, I understand at the end it yes. became untenable yeah. and Brady left, but I thought that was more about a contract situation than Bill making it miserable yeah, to maybe, be there day maybe in it was and day Bra- out. Maybe it was Brady's- Because I actually think that really quick that Bill did an excellent job managing and pushing Brady for most of his career in New England. Yeah, I think Brady would have left over the contract either way. You're probably right. Even the right. Garoppolo crap put a chip on his shoulder. So was it the breaking point? Maybe not. But when Brady's going, hey, could you ease up? Like, I've won six of these things. Could you maybe lighten up a little bit? Or who knows? At the time, I've won five of these things. Could you lighten up a little bit? I, I let you rename your boat. I'm the greatest of all time, and you're riding my coattails. Could you lighten up a little bit? Bill should have listened. So I, I do I do think that. Yes, I think he, at, the, at the end, he was going too hard after Brady. He didn't need to do that. Do you remember in the... Did he need wicker- to rip Brady for every throw in training camp? No. You can rip him from time to time. He shouldn't be off limits, but you can ease up on him a little bit. Yes. Well, do you remember in the Wickersham book, um, It's Better to Be Feared, that he wrote about those tests that they gave Brady among some of the other players? About no. like they, they gave him these 
exams that were basically like to measure what uh, motivated them and what oh, yes, yes, environments yes, yes, yes. Yeah. fostered success for them. And Brady's was all about like support yeah. and caring and like positive reinforcement. And then Belichick was essentially like, no, screw that. Yeah. That's not how it goes. Bill ripped him a new one. So why did Bill go easy on Mac and not Brady? Well, why did he go easy on Kim? Good question. Because it started it started before Mac. Let's I mean, keep it a hundred. He was completely different with Cam, at least outwardly facing than he was. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't, facing. I don't know behind the scenes if he was ripping Cam or not. My sense is probably not, but I don't know. But it's a good point. It's not. Maybe it's not just Mac Jones. So why is Bill lightening but up? But that goes back to your point. Is it just more indicative of a of some kind of evolution in Bill? Yeah, and and I don't like the evolution. Right? Like you want it, him to be a hard ass. Well, I mean, if he's going to be hard on Brady, he should be. He should be equally, you know, difficult on Mac Jones. I guess that's what I'm saying. And Cam Newton and everybody else. Like Brady, it was 20 years, maybe lighten up. The first year with these guys, yes, he should be old school, rip their ass, Bill Belichick. Well, and by the way, if that was the case in 2022, it didn't work. Mac had a horrible year because you put terrible support around him. And well, Mac was sitting there going... The plan in year one didn't work either because they broke okay, him and well, he, was, but, he was a shell of himself by the end of the year. Well, they got to the playoffs. No, I know. It worked they, for 75% of the year. Well, right, but then they broke him the and they won... They won the year, one, it didn't work. They won one of their last five games or whatever it was. <laughs> it worked for a little while. And they got smoked in the playoffs. Six, it didn't work at all last year. No. And then Mac was sitting there going, why is everyone walking on eggshells around me? This is weird. Like, outwardly saying that. Yeah, because Why said, is everyone being so weird to me? Because you said people can't coach you too hard. So then they let up, and now you're wondering why that's weird. Yeah, Again, Bill called you a kitty cat behind the scenes. I think that's uh, I think that's a tough player to coach. 617-779-7937. You can weigh in on that. On the Bruins, the Patrick Kane news I do think is significant. Because the, the Rangers, you have the Vesna winner this year, uh, we all think, right? In Linus Allmark. Mm-hmm. They had the Vesna winner last year. You know, Shesterkin had a similar level season. Look where the Rangers wound up, by the way. But Shesterkin had a similar level season to what you're getting now at Alinas Olmark and the Bruins goaltending tandem. So it's a long way of saying they have the defense. And, you know, they've gone out and fortified their blue line over the years as well. Now they've added Tarasenko and Patrick Kane. To go along with Zabanajad and Panarin and everybody else, like they, they have a lot of firepower. And so you got to start paying attention to the Rangers in the East. You might not have to worry about them. You won't have to worry about them until the Eastern Conference Final, unless somehow they can play their way into, and I'll double-check the standings, they can play their way into that second wild-card spot, which they have a pretty comfortable lead over the Islanders at this point. I wouldn't worry about that. The Rangers are making big moves. I just saw a story here, too, and we can ask all this to Andrew Raycroft coming up. Greg Wyshynski says, sounds like the Bruins were very much in on Arizona Coyotes defenseman Jakob Chikrin before making the Dmitry Orlov trade. From what I heard, one stumbling block was Boston asking for salary retention on Chikrin, who signed through 2025. So, like, the same question I had with Patrick Kane earlier. I wish the Bruins, if it was an either-or, to Arkan's point, they could have done both. But if it was an either-or, I wish they got Kane. I wish they got Chikrin as well. Instead of these two. Yes, instead of Orloff and Hathaway. Even though they both put up points last night, have seemed to assimilate immediately. Orlov, Arkan wrote this, Orlov stuffed McDavid last Mm -hmm. night. Which and, led to the Felino goal. Yeah, that yeah, was a great play. They were both secondary assists. Hathaway got a primary assist on the first goal. Who got the first goal last night? Noshek? Noshek, yeah. So, you know, I mean, they both played very well last night, but what would I rather have? Chikrin. And what would I rather have? Patrick Kane. And other teams continue to make moves. Does Don Sweeney need to make more 
before Friday's deadline. Again, 617-779-7937. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is Andrew Raycroft of Nesson. He's brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around the joys of food by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow, and by Frank's Red Hot. You can visit franksredhot.com for great hockey and football watching recipes. Let's Frank it up. Razor, how's it going this week? Wonderful. How could it not be? It's perfect weather outside, and it's March in New England. It's awesome. Goalies, goalies are scoring goals. Like I imagine, everything is uh, everything's going well. I just, I want, I want you to know, I want you to know, I gave you the floor last week to really rip me over my goalie takes. I want, I want you to know, you're allowed to, ri- you can rip me. I would encourage you to rip me. Like if you disagree with something, I want you to know the floor is yours. I tried to give you the floor to um, whether or not you disagreed and you didn't want to go there. Don't be afraid to go there with me. Sometimes I need to be slapped around and put in a corner. Mego knows this. Well, well, I do want to do that with the chicken comment you just made, right? Like two yeah. seconds ago. Yeah, but slap me around a little bit. I do want to say though, you guys didn't play the 10 seconds before that clip last Thursday when I was on with Fourier saying that it was people from Canada calling me what's going on. That was, did not come out of my mouth. No, I know. Have to clip a little quick. Okay, as long as that. But you could. Like, but you could have told us the people. You could have told us that yeah. people from Canada were complaining about me. Well, I, I I didn't find out until Tuesday night. So it's been it's oh. been a week now. So then I, now I can do it now. Okay. Um, that that yes, I did have some people read. But you did you did cast a wide net with that one. I was oh. surprised it got all the way to Toronto. Oh. But I my... can only imagine what your your messages look like. Razor, it's not pretty. It's still not pretty <laughs> from that comment. Uh, all right, what what don't you like about the Chikrin take there? Because I like Orlov better. I think Orlov's a better defenseman. I think the fact you got Orlov to win a Stanley Cup, who has already won a Stanley Cup, Chikrin, unproven, plays in Arizona in front of 4,000 people every night. Yes, he's young. Yes, he has a contract with term. But how are the Bruins going to make that contract work in the next couple years if you want to sign David Pasternak anyway? So I I love the Orlov move for what you're trying to accomplish here. Going up against this Eastern Conference that continually gets better every single day. Orlov's a better fit for right now. We were talking about yesterday Orlov's first comments that he had ahead of the game right after he was traded to the Bruins. And he just sounded a little meh. He said things like, "Uh, it's fine, I guess. I don't know what's going to happen this summer. I'm paraphrasing. What would you say Mm -hmm. about the situation that he's in joining the Bruins? Do you get the sense that he's enthusiastic about being here? Or is it kind of something that maybe blindsided him a little bit? No, he's excited. I think there's two things. One, it's a second language. English is a second language. So you have to understand there's lots that, that still gets lost in translation, even though he's been here for 10 years. There's, there's different ways of expressing yourself. Two is he was with that team, the Washington Capitals, his entire career. Uh, you fly out to Vancouver. You play a game at four in the afternoon coming from a team that you have all these friendships with, the only place you've lived in a different country that's not yours a place where you won Stanley Cups with your friends, it is shocking. It, it, it's a shocking thing to your system. And so I, but I'm definitely not reading into to after-game press conferences. Uh, it, it's, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get adjusted. He hasn't even been to Boston yet. He's going to get off the plane the, tomorrow morning at like 6 in the morning. They're going to give him a key to a hotel, and he's going to be off to a hotel. So we have to give this guy a few weeks here to get – get acclimated and get used to being in a new place and where to go and how to deal with Boston traffic and, and all those things. So yeah, luckily the, the weather's not depressing here at all or anything. For his <laughs> it's like Siberia. Oh, yeah, it is, it's paradise here. It is paradise here. <laughs> 
Uh, Razor, whatever anybody thinks about Don Sweeney, I don't think anyone can really criticize his maneuvering at the trade deadline in the past couple years and again at this year. What do you think makes him so good around this time of the season when it comes time to get on the phone with these other GMs? That's a great question. I think, I think the, the culture of the team, the identity of the team, allows him to really pinpoint what works. There's not you, – you've seen this team and this organization – get players out of here, natural selection, I would say, that, that don't fit the mindset, that don't fit the, the workman-like ability. So you have a very good idea of what the, the core leadership wants in players here. So that allows you to really dial in on guys like Garnet Hathaway, Dmitry Orlov, Taylor Hall. The other thing is, and, and it's it, people, hockey players want to play in Boston. So that is another way. Like Not Patrick Kane. <laughs> Well, no, Patrick Kane wanted to go to the New York Rangers, and that's the example of you basically don't have to give anything up for him. Taylor Hall wanted to come to Boston, so you get a much, much better discount for him to come here. And, 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 and Kane is the same thing. He wanted to be a Ranger. Rangers give up a fourth-round pick and a second, like nothing to get him, but that's because he wasn't going anywhere else. So, so that has also helped at the deadline. But I think it's, it's Don's ability to really recognize what the team needs and, and players being willing to be a part of that. Talking to Andrew Raycroft of Nesson, joining us here as he does each and every week on Jones and Mego with Arcan. Um, should Don Sweeney be done? Like, you, you look at, we just mentioned Patrick Kane. Maybe Chikrin could move. Tarasenko's already gone to the Rangers. Timo Meyer to the Devils. Like, you know, you go further back. We already saw Bo Horvat move. Ryan O'Reilly is with the Leafs. Like, the Eastern Conference is beefing up and potentially closing the gap on the Bruins. Should Don Sweeney be done with the moves he's already made, or does he need to make another move before Friday? I think he could make another move. I, I, I'm certainly not disappointed. I wouldn't have my, you know, I, I wouldn't be beside myself if they don't make a move, but there's a lot of time left. Uh, we're, we're sitting here on Tuesday. We have four, three days still, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, to, to have something else happen. If they happen to go out and get a winger that, Hit, like as a, a Marcus Johansson of 2019, a guy who isn't going to score every game but could score every game if he gets going. Um, if, if they got a winger like that, I would be certainly okay with that and think that that was a move. Uh, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna sell the farm to do that. They're not in panic mode in any way. But I would imagine the phone is ringing off the hook still over at Warrior. Uh, Andrew, when you see Orloff, the way that he was paired with McAvoy last night, uh, do you think that that's a pairing that's going to last? And what are you potentially, I guess, giving up if he replaces Grizzlick for most of the time there? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have I have zero sense, to be honest, Mago. I have zero sense on what they're going to do game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think a lot of it's going to depend on who they're playing. I think it's going to become matchup oriented. I think over the next 10 to 12 games, you're going to see somewhat of a, a rotation that's almost planned. Uh, it'll be interesting to see comes out tonight. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a Forbert. Maybe it's an Orloff, for that matter, who traveled across the country. Maybe you give him a little rest before he gets back here. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what the sense is. I think what we saw last night is that Orloff's really good on his left side. That left side, when he's on his onside wing or onside D, he, he's very good. Uh, he can play with very good players like McAvoy. There was one play where he made a backhand pass from behind his net to the front of the net to McAvoy in the second period last night where you need to have a hot, lot of hockey sense and a lot of confidence to make that play, and, and he can do that with good players. So 
Uh, a long way to say I really have no idea what the pairings are going to look like, but I do think Orlov can move around, and I do think it'll depend on what team they're playing in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Until then, it's just going to be a real big rotation trying to manage minutes for all the D. Um, Razor, a lot of people said there were three MVP candidates playing in that game last night. Of course, Connor McDavid, David Pasternak, and Linus Allmark. How do you feel about goalies getting MVP consideration? Well, they don't get it, to be quite honest. It's And honestly, Connor McDavid, we saw what Connor McDavid is last night. I, I don't know how you vote against that. As great as Linus Allmark's been this season and as valuable as the goalie position is for every team, I think the fact that Linus is in as much of a kind of that rotation, that on-off, he's not going to play 65 games for this team. I think that sets him back a little bit. There's no question he's the best goalie in the league this season. He wins the Vesna hands down, but I think it's hard. Shesterkin, to you guys, you talking about him, he really had a very, very good opportunity to win the heart last year, and he didn't because Matthews got 62 goals. I think that was as close as we've seen in a while, a goalie winning the heart. Yeah, he finished I just, I, He finished third, Razor, yeah. Yeah, so if a goalie, if, if a player, McDavid, gets 150 points this year, you can't, you can't give it to anybody else. It has to be him. So I, I, as much as I love Linus and what he's done, I think the Vesna will have to, will have to do for him. So hypothetically, Linus plus 5,000 at uh, Encore wouldn't be a good thing, you're saying? Hypothetically, you might want to go buy a coffee. Or, I mean, okay, going good to know. Especially if the Bruins are going to trade him. I mean, then, uh, why, 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 why would you make that bet? <laughs> if he ends up uh, in Arizona for the rest of the season and we get chicken, I mean, yeah. It's gonna, see, I'm, you know. I tried to warn you. So I was watching, I was watching your postgame last night, Razor, and I'm paraphrasing. Phrasing here, Thank but you. but I did I, I jotted this down. You you said something to the effect of you know last night the difference is the blueprint in these two teams how the Oilers are built with a thirteen million dollar player in Connor McDavid versus the Bruins who are winning with the Hathaways and the Felinos and the Nosheks of the world. I, it doesn't apply to this year, but are the Bruins going to be in that same boat if they have to give Pasternak twelve twelve and a half million dollars? It gets tougher to build a roster. I, the caveat is is you have Linus Allmark, Jeremy Swayman's restricted. You assume he's going to sign somehow. They'll get him back. And then you have Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy. And you could go through Brandon Carlo as well. So just there, that makes them not the Edmonton Oilers. But going forward, it does make it harder when you have $12, $13 million guys on your salary to, to finagle and make, make salaries and, and players and rosters work. So I think that's that's part of what's going to happen. At the end of the day, you still need those players, so you have to find a way to find the balance of both of them. Uh, if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, it's going to be very hard to keep Hathaway, Nosek, Foligno, all the unrestricted free agents back. You're going to have to move on and get a little younger on the back end of the, the depth forwards if you're signing David Pasternak. You ever score a goalie goal at any level? I didn't. I took a rip in junior. I, I was pretty confident when I was 19. I, I, I shot a few down. I was about as close as Swayman was one night in Kingston, Ontario for the Kingston Frontenac. Um, <laughs> but I, I wasn't able to pull it off. And, and uh, especially this week, I'm very sad about it because I've been asked that a lot and I have to say no every single time. What, what happens when you miss? Do you get yelled at? No, that's the thing. So that that's why... 
when guys go for it and guys score, you, you have not a lot of guys do it. You have to have a perfect situation like a team that's 46, 8, and 5. Or you have to have a situation where you are the MVP of the league that you're playing in or the best goalie because you have to have a lot of confidence and your teammate has to give you a pass to do that and effectively could possibly cost your team a chance to win. So again, like I was saying, with Linus Olmark the other night, if you're fighting for a wild card position in Detroit and you're up two to one in Vancouver, you are not taking a rip for that goal uh, with 45 seconds left. You're dumping that off to Charlie McAvoy on the left side and letting him skate it out of the zone. It's a good point. Uh, he's Andrew Raycroft. He joins us every week at this time on Tuesdays at three thirty. Uh, he joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Andrew, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. You got it, gang. Have a good day. All right, Razor. Uh, here every Tuesday, as we said, on WEEI. We ran a little long there. We'll get to your phone call, 617-779-7937, and we have our triple play next. It's going to be a triple play! It's time for the triple play. Yes! Triple play! The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three! With Jones and Mago. Triples is best. Triples is best. Time for the triple play. It is an over-under Tuesday, so let's go ahead and begin with our first over-under. Number one. David Pasternak currently has 42 goals with 23 games left. David Pasternak, over under 60 goals on the season. That Megan. Was, that was, oh, we're starting, <laughs> Did it sound we're like starting I just popped Megan. open a can? We're, star- we're starting with... Uh, it's happy with hour, too. Yeah! Mego over here, popping her, popping her can of Diet so- Coke. soda pop. Sure. Boy, uh, popping a can of All pop right, there, uh, eh? Yeah. Crisp I'm going to go with the under. Coke. Yeah. Crisp, refreshing Diet Coke. I'm going with the under. Uh, um, he would have to very slightly pick pick up the pace to hit this, so it's not... It, it's like a close one, I think. Close shave, but I'm taking the under. Oh, I just think he'll slow down a little bit. I, I say Pasternak gets there. First of all, I bet he's going to push for it at the end of the year. I bet his teammates are going to push for it it's at the like end of the year. not like he's playing for a contract or anything. Well, and as Raycroft right. just said, it's like, oh, you're a goalie. You might as well take a rip at it. Yo, what's up, guys? Like, all of his teammates are going to support him doing it. They have nothing else to play for. They're a million points up on everybody else. Yeah, go take a rip at it there, Pasta. Like, I bet he's going to do that. And on top of it, the Bru- this is the kind of year they're having. They're going to do everything. They're going to – their their goalie might win the heart. They're going to win the President's Trophy. They're going to set the points record. They're going to set the wins record. Pasternak is going to get 60 goals in a season. Bergeron all... always wins his Selkie. Yeah, so. Bergeron will get his dumb Selkie, and then we can talk about, oh, they should rename the award after him, <laughs> even though the uh, the Norris isn't named after Bobby Orr. So, like, uh, let's not name it that. that but, uh, but no, uh, the Bruins are going to win everything. See, you're slipping into the Canadian except, accent now, too. I did, actually. Except for the Stanley Cup. They're going to win everything except for the Stanley Cup. They're going to get all the regular season records. It's going to put more pressure on them. I know 60 goals isn't a record, but it's the first time a Bruins done it in a million years. Like, I think Pasternak's going to get there. I bet they're going to push for it. I bet he's going to push for it. They're going to regret it because they're going to wind up paying through their nose to pay for him to keep him here, but I bet he gets it. All right, over, oh. under. Over was what I meant to say. And yes, I took under. Go. And you took the under. Over, under, number two. Number two. Uh, the Red Sox currently undefeated. Have not lost a game yet in spring training. Number of Red Sox spring training wins. The over-under is 20. They have 32 games total and, again, are 2-0 and 1 because they tied that one game. Okay, I'll take the under, but I will say this about spring training win totals. I know they get mocked. They get mocked. You're laughing. I know because I'm like, what the... This is why I brought it up because no, I knew this... But, so, like, they, they kind of matter. They've been indicative before. Like, the Red Sox two years ago were good in spring training. Let me fact-check myself on this, but I remember talking about it. Maybe I should have fact-checked myself earlier. Red Sox two years ago in spring training were pretty good, I think, right? Coop, give me a thumbs up on this down there. I think they were good. He says so-so. Last year was a bad spring training. Well, the team was so-so. They eked their way into the playoffs. You know what? Good point. 
But, like, I, I think you can start to tell actually, the team. I, actually, a good point, Mego. I, I think you can start to tell a little bit about the team in spring training. And I guess my roundabout point is, if they win 20 games in spring training and they have a good spring training record, I'll start to pay attention and say, maybe they got something figured out. Maybe they do have more on this team than I gave them credit for. Or maybe Cora's pushing the right buttons and then everybody pulling in the same direction. Whatever. That will get my attention if they do it. I don't think they're good. So I don't think they're going to win 20-plus games in spring training. I bet they'll finish with a sub-500 record because I think they're going to be a sub-500 team. But if they're over 500 or they win 20 games or they look good in spring training, that will catch my attention. I'll put stock in it. More on this team. More on this team. Uh, if, <laughs> yeah, 20. If it's supposed to be indicative of the regular season, I'm going to take the under because this team is not as good as they were last year on paper, and I don't expect them to be good this year in the regular season. All right. Simple enough. Very good. Let's go to our third over-under. Number three. Where are your Boston Celtics going to finish in the Eastern Conference standings? Over, under, second place. So wait, what does that mean? Like, ahead of second place or behind second place? Which one's the over? I do. I also, I don't blame you for this, Arkham, but I'm stupid and I need a qualifier here. Right, is under number one? Under's uh, number one. It's a lower no, number, over's right? Number over one, would right? be first place. Because it's a higher place. That's, one's, that's, a, one's a lower number, but I it is know, a higher but it's place. A higher okay. place. Okay. okay, so over, under. You know what? Okay. Interpret it however you want. I'll take over. I'm going to take okay. the. I, I'm still taking that they're taking the top seed. Yeah, so over um, is first place for this. Okay. Because I don't think Joe Mazzulla is going to manage anyone's minutes. <laughs> He's going to play to win these games. And the Bucks actually have a solid amount of good competition left on their schedule. They see the Warriors, Suns, Celtics, Sixers. Uh, Bulls, who are fine. Celtics, aside from the Cavs on Wednesday, I think they really only see the Bucks and Sixers and then a bunch of filler teams. Sorry. But I see them still taking playing for the top seed. Yeah, over. They're going to be the one seed. They should be the one seed. They're not right now, which is maddening that they're below the Bucks, especially because they mailed in that game before the All-Star break, as we talked about earlier, and we'll talk about again next hour. But they should be the one seed. They should be the one seed. I think they're going to be the one seed over is how I'll answer that. Real quick, I fact-checked myself on spring training. It didn't really apply last year. They actually were halfway decent in spring training last okay, year. Good. Uh, but in 2018, they were 22-9. and nine. Good year, right? We all call that a good year for Pretty the Red good Sox? good year, yes. 2019, the Red Sox were 12-17. and 17. You, could see prob- you could see problems with the Red Sox in spring training. That was the turn-the-page season. That was right. Alex Cora was like, oh, we're going to... We're going to rewrite everything. Worked last year. We're, everything we did work. We don't need any changes. Let's re-sign everybody. Same exact approach. Stupid. And spring training kind of proved it. In 2020, they were 9 and 11. Yeah, it worked last year. Another bad year. 2021, they were 16 and 11, made the ALCS. Last year, it doesn't fully hold. Last year, I misremembered. They were 11 and 8. And it didn't begat, you know, a horrible season for that. Or, I'm sorry, a good season. It wound up being a horrible season. So last year's the outlier. Lately, spring training has told you a lot about the Red Sox. And I just know that because Arcan knows. Every year I come in and do this in spring training. It's true. Every single year. And so if they have a good spring training, I'll, I may start to change my opinion on them. They probably won't. So I don't think I'm going to have to. But mark that down. I'll be open-minded if they look good in spring training. I do not dismiss spring training results. Arcan over under. First place for the Celtics. Mm. Don't give me that noise. What? He groaned to me earlier, too, yeah, and I asked him about Celtics this? and Bucks. I'm like, wait, you yeah, can't. Yeah, well, because it's the Celtics and Bucks. It's the same question, basically. I know. You already answered it earlier. Bucks, yeah. You're, so, you're giving Bucks top seed? Yeah. So that's an under. Under. That's an okay. under is what it is. I, I'm so or actually, it may be like uh, maybe a push because I think they'll finish in second. So over under second place, I guess we're pushing there. Okay, I guess we're pushing. Yeah. You can't ask it. You can't ask that man a question earlier Seriously? in the show and then ask it again later in the show. Nope. Lord knows the answer will be different. You can't do that.
Anyway, that's our triple play. When am I going to learn? Each and every day. That's, I blame Mego for this. This flip-flopper over here. Triple play each and every day at this time. 617-779-7937. We'll get to your phone calls coming up. We've talked Patriots. We've talked Bruins. We'll get back to each. We're also going to get back to the Celtics as well. Jason Tatum not happy with the officials. Is it evidence that the Celtics aren't mentally tough? Mentally tough enough to win a championship. We'll get to that with all your phone calls next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.